0: Crack fans, as always, I'm your host, Dalton Thieneman. Indian Wells has lived up to the hype yet again. Uh, My favorite headline so far has to be the 16-year-old American Amanda Anisimova knocking off her first ever top 10 opponent. So it was her top 10 debut against Petra Kvitova to move on to the fourth round at Indian Wells. So uh, for all of our Indian Wells coverage, go check out the website, crackrackets.com and add that on the favorites, on your website browser, on your phone. Most recently, Rob Thomas wrote a piece on Serena and her comeback that you must check out, and Ryan Cardiff is keeping you updated with everything college tennis and his college roundup. And it should be an entertaining finish as conference play heats up here at the end of March heading into conference tournaments. Uh, One quick plug, go follow our Twitter and Instagram pages, the handle being Cracked Rackets, of course. And if you haven't already, go subscribe, rate, and review the Great Shop podcast. Alex Gruskin, Max Rothman, and Max Fliegner have new episodes with that banterous back and forth style you love every week. So go check that out. But on this edition of Cracked Interviews, former TCU standout and world number 111 Cameron Norrie joins the podcast to share some stories about growing up in New Zealand, spending some time at co-host Alex Gruskin's old stomping grounds while on a recruiting visit at Michigan. That's a funny one. You're going to enjoy that. Um, His experience as a top-ranked college player in his junior year at TCU, winning his debut Davis Cup match against Spain, and his expectations for 2018 on the ATP Tour. Also want to give a quick shout-out to Sam Duvall and Top Notch Management and Cam's agent James Barris for making this happen. And for now, uh, enjoy Gruskin and I's conversation with Cam.
1: The final thing is that now, I'm not a prince of anything. Go they they're gonna kill anyone, I feel so powerful. They chef at you, I bring you skin up, everything is confusing. You will be good, but you will be more. You will be good, but you will be more. You will be good, but you will be more. You will be good, you will be more. Alone, every day yes, it is a praise of pleasure.
2: Cam, well, first and foremost, welcome on the Cracked Interviews pod. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no worries. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, shout-out to your agent, James Barris, and uh, Sam Duvall from Top Notch Management for making this happen. uh, We're excited to finally get you on here. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And also tonight, we're joined by my co-host, host host of the Great Shop Podcast, Alex Ruskin.
3: Nice to meet you, Cam. Thanks for hopping on. Hey, how's it going? No worries. Going well. I like the accent; it brings a nice spice to
2: the podcast. Yeah. Typically, we start with the progression of junior college, and then get to your pro experiences. So we'll stay along those same lines. But we did notice you're born. You were born in Johannesburg, South Africa, and then recently played in the Davis Cup for England. Let's start there. Is there a story there for us? It sounds like you're a world traveler.
4: Um, yeah. So I was born in South Africa. My mom, both my parents born in uh, the UK and Britain and then it was just too dangerous in South Africa so we moved over, we are getting uh, a couple of burglaries and so we just decided to move, we moved over to New Zealand which is one of the safest countries and they liked it there and they liked the lifestyle there and then when I was, I grew up there in New Zealand and then when I was I think 16 or 17 I moved to to London and then just for my tenants because New Zealand's so far away and they only care about rugby in New Zealand, nothing really about tennis. So um, moved over to London and then switched my nationality to, to Great Britain when I was 16, because obviously both my parents are British. And then um, I was able to use some of the resources and the coaches over in the UK. And then that's yeah, kind of, from there after that, then I went to college in, in the States and then, and then just recently turned pro last year. And then, yeah, that's basically kind of my story in a nutshell.
3: So, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. I have to ask because the first thing that pops to my mind when I think of New Zealand is not tennis. It might be rugby, like you said. Uh, yeah. But you know, you look now, and there's a generation of people from that Pacific area. You have yourself, the Kirioses, Kokonakis, Omar, Jessica, Blake, Mott, guys like that. Uh, was that who you were training with in that area?
4: Oh no, no! They those guys are all Aussies, and I was I was in New Zealand and just training with a coach, and I was playing a bunch of other sports. I was real into cricket, rugby, soccer, and then base. And then I basically, when I was about fourteen or fifteen, I focused everything on tennis. And but no, there wasn't too much of exposure. I'd have to travel yeah to Australia and play some of the the nationals in Australia. So but it wasn't too much tennis going on in New Zealand. I was just kind of needed the exposure and I needed to to move out of there and move to Europe, which is uh, pretty central for, for where the, a lot of the best juniors in the world were. So for me, it was a great move. Uh, it was obviously a tough one coming from um, moving, leaving my parents and leaving all my friends and leaving school. So, yeah, New Zealand was pretty isolated, but, I mean, it's just a, a country and beautiful place, and I'm really happy I grew up there.
2: So what, what was the connection with tennis? Are your parents big tennis players?
4: Both my parents played squash. So they played, my dad played squash at a very high level. I think he was number one in all of universities in the UK. And my mum also played at a decent level as well. Um, and then for me, I think I just joined the local club at, at, um, when I was young, in Buckens Beach Tennis Club, which is in Auckland, in New Zealand. And then kind of just grew from there, really. No reason why.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, for sure. I mean, I have to ask, you guys are on the squash court right now. Who wins, you or your dad?
4: um we've never actually played together but i think I- really <laughs> <laughs>
3: no i like it but you know you talk about shifting your focus to tennis full-time kind of late and that's really interesting because you had an amazing junior career you know career high number 10 as an itf junior um yeah when you made that switch was there any results that you were you know basing on focusing tennis or was it just a joy of the
4: game um yeah i think for sure just enjoying the game and i think I was a better athlete because I kind of played the other sports and I was more of a well rounded athlete. I like, I mean, I was I'm a pretty good runner. And then just some of the other skills, some of those other sports gave me. And then um, I wasn't kind of focusing all my energy. And, and when, I focused, when I first switched to just um, focusing on tennis, it was really good for me to make tennis a lot more simple and just, yeah, the love of the game, I think. It's just when when you're happy and you're loving the game, you're gonna play your best tennis. As simple as that. So that's I think that was my philosophy when I was in, the, in New Zealand, and I was got to number ten in the world. Just yeah, enjoying the game wasn't didn't have any special support. I was just playing three or four times a week in New Zealand, and then I managed to get to number ten from there. So I was pretty sick effort, and yeah. You know,
3: you know, I have this theory about tennis players that because it's an individual sport, we have the longest memory of just remembering who we played in all of these big moments. And so we actually have a little fun trivia gimmick we want to do. And I want to ask you some questions about uh, some of your past junior events, you know, some of these in right. New Zealand, some of these throughout, and just see if you remember the matches. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start with your first ITF final appearance this is the New Zealand 18 and under indoor championships in 2010 so that puts you at 15 uh, do you remember who you played in the semi uh, in the final it, or, or we can do the final as well but do you remember oh, the, you semi? the semi the um, semi
4: was it Blake Mott
3: uh, Blake Mott was the final
4: oh okay uh, Omar it was Andrew Zedd oh Andrew Zedd wow that was a long time ago <laughs> 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 Probably feels uh, like a lifetime ago <laughs> yeah it
3: does, it does do you remember that right. score in the final with blake mott and i think it was six four in the third <laughs> six seven six two six two, six, two uh, 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 i love it I, and I, I have to ask one more because i thought this was a really interesting result this was the air pacific south pacific open junior championships a tournament where you made the final and won the doubles as well uh my yeah. question to you, because this result was the best, do you remember who you beat in the semis? I think I think it was Andy Lau. It was Andy Lau. It was your doubles partner in the event as well. And do you remember that score? Because this is the best part.
4: I won 0-0, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you
3: did?
1: <laughs>
4: Just,
3: the natural question is, how do you go on the doubles court after and say, yo, dude, sorry? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I'm
2: not sure about that. It. I'll, yeah. It had to be it had to be super awkward out there, but I want to yeah. I want to transition to um, you know you're you're as high as number ten in the world in the ITF junior world rankings. I think you even reached seventeen or eighteen. You're six hundred thirty six in the ATP rankings as well. So why yeah. the college tennis route? How did you choose yeah. you know college tennis and why TCU specifically?
4: I kind of when I moved to London, I just kind of wasn't enjoying my tennis that much and. I I kind of burnt out and I wasn't used to kind of focusing everything on tennis and always being around tennis players and and I just played too much tennis um, and then kind of lost a little bit of love for the game and I was just like okay but my my come from a pretty uh, academic background so I'm just like okay I'm just going to go to college and then I'll see I'll keep my tennis up and and just get an education in the state and then I was actually signed to University of Michigan. And then the head coach there, Bruce Burke. I'm not sure what happened, but he got fired or he left. And then I'm, I didn't really want to go to a school where I didn't know the head who the head coach was going to be. And so I I like released from Michigan and then took a, like a bunch of visits just before I was supposed to go in August and visited a couple of schools. A lot of them weren't the big club and Just chose TCU purely on other coaches and David Radil and Devin Bowen, who who I both felt were were very, very genuine guys, and they wanted to really help me in my tennis, and in the end, I think it was a fantastic decision for me, and they got my game to the next level, and kind of got that love for tennis a little bit back that I was uh, missing in the last couple of years, but uh, that's kind of my decision of why I went to college, and for sure it was a good one, to you happy with my decision, you go it to you.
3: Well, I have to say, uh, you know, I actually graduated from the University of Michigan this past spring. And so, you know, our time, we would have overlapped. So was it something I did? Did
4: I say something?
3: It was just Bruce Burke? <laughs> it wasn't me?
4: No. I mean, I actually, I was really wanting to go to Michigan. I had ridiculous visits. I went to um, Michigan versus Notre Dame. is a big house. <laughs> uh, I mean, an incredible visit. I, I think I went out three nights in a row. And I absolutely mean, killed at the end. There's another New Zealand guy on the. Uh, on the Barrett team. Franks, right? Yeah, he was in a fraternity and he, he definitely showed me a good time. Um, That's
3: my fraternity <laughs> as well. Fun fact him and I are SIG uh, up brothers.
4: All oh, right, yeah, I went to one of your to get parties.
3: But, uh, <laughs> I'm glad we could host you. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned David Rodidi being a great recruiter, and I have to ask because we've seen his messages on Twitter. We've seen things about his hat. Uh, is it more? Is he funny or is he corny?
4: Um, no, he he's pretty funny, and I think he's, he's uh, if you know him generally, he just he's just trying to have a good time, and he's a very very genuine guy. I think yeah, I think his hat's pretty funny, and although um, he gets a lot of shit for it, but I think he loves it, but, and he's he only loves it.
2: <laughs> no, we we actually had uh, Coach Roditi on the podcast earlier uh, last fall, and yeah. he explained it's kind of his token yeah. item, right? Like that's what he's known yeah. for that hat. So he can't yeah. he can't not wear the hat at this point.
4: <laughs> yeah, I know he loves it, and he, he loves his attention that, and yeah, he can't get enough of it. So. Good guy, a Great guy really did You
3: know, going into your freshman year at TC, you talk about being a late add-on to their team. Uh, what were your expectations for college tennis?
4: You know, I didn't really know what to expect, and I just wanted to kind of enjoy my uh, enjoy my time at CCU, and um, just kind of figure out what I was interested in, and what I if I wanted to play tennis, great. If I didn't want to play tennis, great. I was just kind of going in with an open mind, and all I wanted to do is just kind of compete for the team and kind of, yeah, just keep tune with tennis and then David Rudidi and Devin Bone were both great influences for me and um, I had a, met majority of my best friends now who, who are still at TCU so TCU's obviously done wonders for me and I think it, it gave me a great balance leading into uh, my freshman year where I can kind of socialise a little bit and play tennis and and you're competing with your best friends so it's a thick atmosphere, and it's just ridiculous experience. And I'm very, I'm very thankful and lucky to have that um, just before turning pro. So because right now you're by yourself almost every week on the pro tour, so it's not easy.
3: Now, in terms of transitions to college tennis, you know, your freshman year at TCU guys had an unbelievable season. You end up reaching yeah. the semifinals of NCAs and losing four three to Oklahoma in front of that raucous yeah. Baylor crowd. Uh, what do you remember from that match?
4: Well, uh, my match was on pretty quickly. I think the guy was injured. But um, all I remember is just the crowd is getting really, really rowdy. Um, there were some couple of questionable calls in, in the end um, on the, on court number one. And then some fans were getting involved. It was getting pretty interesting. But, but I remember mean, it was a sick, sick cool match. And I think our team uh, overachieved, I think, that year. And, but although we were very close to making the final, too, so, I mean, yeah, unbelievable experience. And I think that year was just one of the best years of my life. And with, our team was so tight, and um, we all competed so hard, and we all, all looked out for each other, and we were all best friends. So it was, it was unbelievable year, and I couldn't, couldn't have been a better one, I think.
3: In that number one singles match, that was Axel Alvarez versus uh, Nick Chappell, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I remember seeing that hook. Cause I was watching it on the live stream because I'm a huge nerd, and I just remember <laughs> being like, "Oh my god, that is ridiculous!"
4: Yeah. yeah, I think what happened was Axel, Axel like didn't quite call a ball, and then like John, John the coach trying to like told him to call it out, and then he called it out, and then the ref like thought he called it out, and then he like changed his mind, and then and then I think the crowd got involved and. I can't even remember what the crowd was saying, but I just know it wasn't wasn't too good towards John Roddick. And that's pretty <laughs> personal. That's all I remember. <laughs> oh, that's
2: why you got to love college tennis. Also, yeah. just a quick shout-out. Nick Chappell is from Indianapolis, so shout-out to the Chappell family. <laughs> yeah. um, I did want to ask on the individual side, you know, you made it to the quarterfinals of singles that year and became the only the second freshman ever to earn all american status and i think the first since like 2001 or so well it, it seems like you had a seamless transition to the collegiate game but what was your biggest challenge initially was it the physical
4: aspect um uh, no not physical. i think more just balancing everything with school and just being organized with school more than like the tennis side of things and i was i mean i was getting pretty stressed and not i was not organized at all and i was kind of socializing more than i probably probably should have and and could have with the school i was taking so but my tennis my tennis was good and after that I, I hit a rough patch a little bit in the middle of the season um and then i got over there and i i finished strong and ended up yeah making the quarter so i mean yeah i think i had a pretty good transition into college and it was a pretty smooth one i thought
3: You know, one thing I want to ask you, because
4: obviously we see you having success on the
3: pro tour now, but during your time in college, how difficult is it to balance the academics with not only being a part of the college tennis team, but also having pro
4: aspirations? Yeah, for sure. I think it's not easy because if you you want to be a pro, I think you have to kind of go over and beyond and and do extras on the court and and kind of be that, be very professional and get get to everywhere a little bit early so you can search a little bit more and 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 just take care of the little details and I think um in college I am, you have a lot of examples and I think just taking care of those little things helped me a lot and I'm out here on my own I have one coach with me but when you're with your team it's a lot easier to to kind of have your teammates around you and you have everything organized for you so it's when You learn a lot in college and I think I learned a lot from my mistakes and, and now I'm, I've am i matured a lot more and it's just a lot easier um, now and got, having gone to college um, being a pro.
3: So, yeah. so, you know, going into your sophomore year, you have some success on the pro tour. You win a future in Mansfield, Texas. You know, that's the type of win that can really uh, spur on a professional career. Was there any consideration at that point of leaving early, or did you always know you wanted to stay for a couple of years?
4: Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty sick. I won that tournament, so I remember walking up and I couldn't take any of the prize money. It was like two and a half grand, and they're like, no, I didn't <laughs> like, no, no, you can't take anything. And I was like, what? Surely. And then <laughs> at that point, I was like, then okay, no, I really, do am going to pro right now. And then I, I don't think my game was quite ready for. A, the pro at that stage um, I mean like the challenge in ATP level, uh, I my serve wasn't that great and I think I just basically toughed out that future and, and I think I needed another year or another year and a half to kind of just mature and then I actually just wanted to enjoy college and, and be with my friends and then just enjoy the whole experience for another year and maybe I could have played and left early but I wanted to just relax and show when I'm going to play tennis for the next 10 years so um, that was kind of my mindset.
2: So, did you experience that same difficulty? Because obviously, you you know you finished the year number one as a junior, uh, Big Twelve Player of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you had so many accomplishments as a junior. But did you? Was it challenging even then as a junior, experiencing all that
4: success to make the decision to go to the pro tour? No, I think I'd made I'd made my decision um, going into that semester. That I was going to leave regardless. So. I kinda of just wanted to commit to that and I had straight after the we finished I was straight into the next tournament. I we were gonna to go to French open Wally's and I think I was a couple of out couple of out, so I didn't quite get in there. So, but I was I was basically straight into that and I was fully committed. But I mean right now I mean I am missing it, but I mean I'm I'm happy with with, with my grip progression as a as a pro and, and where I am as in my career. So I have no regrets but with when I stayed and, and when I left and, and both Rajidi and, and uh, Devin Bowen were, were comfortable with my decision and they, I think they were pretty understanding with me turning pro and um, which helped me a lot and, and that made that decision a little bit easier rather than I think some other coaches would have been oh you can stay another year and, and do this but I think they were really understanding and it just shows that they were actually genuine guys wanting to help me and not kind of do what's best for them and, and kind of keep me around another year just to, uh, to win a couple more dual matches. So it was good.
3: You know, we do want to talk about your professional career, but I have to ask you some fun questions about your college time. Uh, you know, you yeah. mentioned your college teammates were some of your best friends that you've made. And so I have a, a quick rapid-fire segment of questions about your time at TCU. And if you don't mind, we can run through those real quick. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Who was your favorite hitting partner? Rob. Right <laughs> for any particular reason?
4: Uh, uh, I, for some reason, we always played ridiculous. We played so well together, and we had such high-level sessions. And he's he's just as just as competitive as me. So I never <laughs> wanted to lose to him, and he never wanted to lose to me. So
3: I love it. Shout out to him. Favorite doubles partner during your time?
4: Trevor Johnson, one hundred percent. Oh, for sure.
3: Isn't Trevor number four or something in the country right now?
4: I don't know what his ranking is, but I know he's a hell of a player, and I think he's going do well. He's playing well at the moment. I think he had match points against Vukic the other night, um, oh. and and uh, he's playing well, and him and Ragupov are doing really good. So.
3: Yeah, that Vukic match was a revenge one for you. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, some fun ones now. Who is the cheapest member of the TCU team?
4: GA yeah, you Nunez, know, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, him him and, and Reese solder combined. Never picking up the check. Now Reese is on another level of how creepy he is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Making ramen noodles in the dorm room and...
4: Yeah, exactly. Just taking snacks break breakfast, lunch and dinner and from the the weight room so never wants to spend his phadoon in get when he's traveling. <laughs>
3: <laughs> for sure. Well then who's the best to get dinner with?
4: I don't know. I don't know. I mean I think everyone else pretty relaxed other than they're just real tight
3: (laughs) (laughs) for sure what about the
4: best to go out with Uh, best to go out with
3: 100% (laughs) something just flips on for him and he's just a new guy when he's out (laughs)
4: big personality me and him were roommates in college we both for sure (laughs) killed it we don't want to get you in
3: trouble so we can leave it there (laughs) all right my last question for you who on the TCU men's tennis team is the biggest hook?
4: I don't, actually, we're all pretty honest, but... <laughs> of think, course, that's the answer. Uh, I think when it really came down to it, Rabakov would, would uh, throw a couple of dodgy ones in there when he knew it. So funny. Uh, I just,
3: part of the fun of college tennis is you never know what's going to happen on any given call, so I love it. On the line, on the line down on <laughs> I mean, you're playing let so it makes sense. Yeah. But so, you know, let's move into your pro career because, like Dalton mentioned, you've had a really successful transition, you know, your first summer out and you end up winning three challengers. Uh, just what helped make that transition to the tour so smooth?
4: Um, so I was actually – what happened was I was my freshman year, um, I was playing on the team with uh, my coach now, Facundo Laguna, and he, I think he was playing four. Um, his senior year and my freshman year so he, he now I employed them to travel with me to the grass where I got some wild cards there um, I, was, I, mean, I was thrown in the deep end I had some tough matches and I think just him having me by my side and, and helping me through the process and he's one of my good friends and and he knows me well and so I think he knows what, um, what I like doing and what my fears are what I mean what I'm good at and uh, knows my game really well and he helped me a lot and um. Just he was there every day and just helped me win those titles and um, just made me a possible competitor. And, and I think it's quite. It's a little bit easier kind of traveling, more with one of your friend friends. I mean, he's also my coach as well. But I mean, right more rather than traveling with a real serious coach. And but I think that just worked out for me better and just wherever just personality wise, it's been working well. And, and I, so I think big a uh, big shout out to him and lots of credit for, for, for my recent success last year. So that, that definitely
3: helped. Absolutely. And, you know, you transition into 2018 and, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is your unbelievable Davis cup result where you end up beating Roberto Bautista. Uh, just talk about what it's like to represent your country and play on a stage like that.
4: I mean, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable and, and to have your whole country behind you and, and, Especially playing Spain away where um it well, it's was, it was gonna be a tough ask and on the clay as well and my bear a six menu, the, the fans are loud, there are lots of fans that travel from the UK and they're all behind you and it's just um overall just a ridiculous experience just looking back on it and I mean I actually I still can't believe I came back from T Love and a breakdown against Latista to um to win that one, and I was just kind of thinking the whole time how sick of an opportunity this was, and and how how sick it was to be playing in Spain away. And just there were some moments in the match where I took like a step back and just to realise how unbelievable the whole thing was, with the crowd chanting, and it was it was kind of like a big Bob match, but yeah, not quite as loud. But you can yeah, definitely definitely the college experience um, helped me with that and. Yeah, I mean, incredible to get the win in the end too. So, um, overall, it's unbelievable debut, and I couldn't ask for a better one against Spain away.
2: And you pummeled in the last two sets too. You you beat him two and two the last
4: two sets. So you were just, you know, your adrenaline was pumping for sure. Yeah, exactly. Just playing on pure adrenaline. I was just trying to make it difficult because I could see he was struggling a little bit in the fourth and fifth. I mean, it was just ridiculous, ridiculous
3: stuff. In terms of being prepared for a three out of five set matches, that's something you credit to your off-season training. You know, a lot of guys we've interviewed before have said that once they had their first off-season training block, it does the numbers for their game.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It was my first kind of preseason. I did it in Argentina with Farquhar because that's where he's from. Um, and then I kind of tapped into some of that hard work in, in the fourth and fifth set and I basically just told myself I just want to try run all day and, and try compete every point because, I mean, it's a 5 set match. You're going to lose concentration. You just kind of need to bring it back and I'm just not very used to um, playing for, obviously, 5 set matches and you have to be able to concentrate for a long period of time. So I think definitely my my season helped with that and I think just, just with experience and playing more, our best out of five matches is going to help. So I think that one is, is for sure going to help me in, uh, in the future. And it's given me a lot of confidence that I can compete with these guys at the top of the game.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I do, I do want to rewind real quick. Once you did declare for the pros, how did you get connected with James and Sam at top notch management and what turned the tide? Cause I'm sure, uh, you know, once you left last May, that was a, a huge decision for you and your family.
4: So with them, I, I was just playing the grass, some of the grass tournaments, and they approached me uh, around Wimbledon, I think just after Wimbledon, or they'd approached me before, and I sat down with James, and he seemed like a very genuine guy and really wanted to help me, and then I just kind of signed with them, and then just kind of, you don't really know what, what they're going to do until um, you sign, but they've been really great for me, and I, I get along great with James, so yeah, I think it's it's worked well, and
3: Absolutely, and you know, you talk about your plans going into twenty eighteen. Uh, you know, have you talked to your team about maybe we play more ATP Tour events as opposed to challengers this season?
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, if you have the ranking, why not play the ATP events? And you're going to have to play them at some stage in your career, so why not get experience? Now, instead, I think playing at that level every week. I mean, I mean, it's such just there's such small margins in tennis, and I. Want to just surround myself with the best guys in the world rather than kind of dipping down to the challenges, to, like just to get to a certain ranking. Where I mean, it doesn't really matter if you're kind of the difference between getting to 80 in the world rather than getting to kind of 100 in the world isn't there's no real difference. So I, I just want to surround myself and rather play ATP events than play some of the challenger events.
3: Well, fun fact, but is is it true that once you crack the ATP top 75, you qualify for an ATP tour pension?
4: I haven't looked into it, but probably you're right, yeah.
3: I was going to say, so you've got to crack that top 75, keep that money rolling in.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm not too concerned about the money. I think uh, if you're going to enjoy it, if you're going to enjoy it, and you're going to play well, I think the money is going to take care of itself. But, but you know, right, maybe i look into that and get, and get that that uh, month,
3: uh, for sure if not for you you know you got to think of the future norries exactly, exactly. <laughs> Okay, I do want to ask you about one more recent event. Uh, this was your appearance in Delray Beach. And the reason I want to ask is shameless plug. But we just talked about this match on the latest episode of the Great Child podcast, which I encourage you all listening to this. Please go check out. We think you'll enjoy it. But we talked about your match with Hyun Chung. You know, that's a match you ended up dropping in a third set. But in terms of the physicality of, you know, these next gen players on tours, whether it's the you the Chungs, you know, all the other young Americans, we see this young crop of rising talent. And is that something you're aware of as you're going from match to match on tour?
4: Yeah, I think this was the first time I played one of those uh, one of those younger guys and I mean the guy moved Han and Chung just moved the joke and it was kinda of tough to keep up with him. I was off a dead in the break actually. Um, but he came back real strong and played really, really well at the start of the, um, start of the third step to kind of break in and he took momentum from there. But, I mean, yeah, I've been noticing them, but I think I don't think they're, I mean, they're obviously all great athletes. I mean, everyone's hitting the ball well and everyone moves well at this kind of point of the game. So I'm, I think it's just trying to take care of the little details to, to kind of compete with these boys
3: you know, looking forward to 2018, what has to happen for you to say this has been a successful season?
4: I think I just want to enjoy my tennis and, and kind of enjoy the process of being a professional tennis player and, and the lifestyle that surrounds it. Um, I don't really have any um, results-based goals, but I just want to kind of keep getting better every week and, um, and just play six matches and and do as much as I can off the court other than tennis and away from tennis. And Obviously, life's not all about tennis, but I mean, it's obviously a big part of my life. So it's just important to do other things and and kind of just keep enjoying it. And hopefully, I think good things are going to come if you're enjoying it and you're doing the right thing. So, um, yeah, kind of that's where I'm at mentally and that those are the goals that I have in place for 2018.
2: Speaking of enjoying it, I hate to get one last question here, but yeah. last week you qualified at the uh, 500 level of Ben and uh, you know, yeah. beating Dennis Kudla along the way, and then you you know played world number six dominant team.
4: Tell us a little bit about that match. Yeah, how of the match, I think you guys played really well. The guy is just one of the most physical guys um, on the tour. I've never played anyone against, uh, that has that kind of intensity about him. I mean the ball the ball uh, that's coming out this year is so heavy and you playing everything above the, the shoulder height and I mean it was just unbelievable to, to know that I have that physicality to be able to compete with Tim with who's who's number six in the world and um, and I had a couple of chances in the third set and but he ended up um closing me out well and that that obviously gave me a lot of confidence and it was in front of a a rowdy Mexican crowd so it was a really sick experience and, and it was a night match I think we finished almost at, at, um, at midnight so yeah it was just another great experience and yeah as I said I really enjoyed enjoyed that and yeah I think that was almost as good as uh, the Batista match so regardless of I, I went down though I think it was still just as good so yeah hopefully I can kind of keep that up and Play at that level the week is, is kind of the main goal.
3: You know, Dalton snuck one in, so I'm sorry I have to do it as well.
4: And I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll cut some of the rapid fires. Uh, but, you know, I have
3: a theory, another one of my crazy theories, but it's just that unless your name is Roger Federer, you know, I'm attacking your one handed backhand. And now, you being a lefty playing Dominic Team, a guy who's so explosive, and, you know, if you leave anything yeah. short at all, he's coming after it. Is the game plan still attack the backhand?
4: Um, actually, I think with him, it's, it's really tough to find his backhand because he's, he's running around his, his backhand real quick with his, to, to get to his forehand. But I think my game plan, I mean, I was happy running cross into his forehand because he wasn't as dangerous from that two side. So kind of my game plan was kind of, kind of finish into his forehand and flatten out into his forehand if he gets there and kind of get to, that exposes his backhand a little bit and then look to come forward when I can and, and, kind of be the, be the one that's being aggressive being Because when he's got you on on the as it's, it's tough, and he's not going to miss too many balls and too many short balls. So that was kind of where my game plan was at when I was playing him.
3: For sure. And, you know, just a comment I see is, you know, when I look at your backhand, it's so compact. And I feel like the way you're able to take balls early with it is so impressive. So, yeah, like you mentioned, it was a great result, and I loved watching the match.
4: Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Uh, yeah
3: for for whatever it's worth uh, but okay <laughs>
4: with that said yeah. uh, you know
3: we want to do one more thing before we leave that's our rapid fire segment and it's our way of letting our listeners know a little bit more about these players that we follow so closely so these are going to be yeah. 10 fun questions uh you know one or two word answers just whatever pops in your mind go with it okay so number one favorite tennis player Andre Agassi. Uh, for someone under the Great Britain flag to not say Andy Murray breaks my heart. but no, oh, I love it. I love it. You know, it sucks. <laughs> uh, favorite drink on court? I basically only drink water. Oh, I like it. Favorite meal off of the court? I like pie food. If you were to take away any stroke, which would it be? All right. no volleying. I'm not the best <laughs> You just told us you were moving in against Dominic Team. <laughs> I,
4: mean, I was just laughing. Uh, favorite city in the world? Tough one. I've been traveling so much, but I think from where I grew up in Auckland, I like I love it there.
2: It sounds beautiful for sure. I'd love to,
4: yeah. to make it there one day.
2: <laughs> we'll do our next live podcast from Auckland. Uh, <laughs>
4: yeah, I like
3: it. F- favorite athlete not in tennis related?
4: i will say He's just to be so
3: The last question I have, favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? The
2: smell. There it is. <laughs> well, Cam, uh, thanks so much for coming on. No worries. thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. of
3: course. Thanks for doing this, Cam. Really appreciate it. No
2: worries.
0: Thanks for listening to Gruskin and I's conversation with Cam Norrie. Cam has been moving up the rankings since he decided to turn pro last May. And what a decision it was. Again, I want to sh- give a shout-out to Sam Duvall and Top Notch Management and Cam's agent, James Varez for making this happen. Uh, big things on the horizon, and best of luck to Cam the rest of 2018. We'll definitely have you on again soon. Um, also, I want to give a major shout-out to the magician, our producer, and the one and only Daniel Westoff. He works his magic to make us sound smart around here, so big props to Westoff. Uh, we also have a few awesome interviews on the horizon, including next-gen ATP or Daniil Medvedev and a few other big-time interviews in the works. So stay tuned. Take five seconds to go subscribe to the Cracked Interviews podcast as well as the Great Shot podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and go like the Facebook page. Don't forget to rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Only five stars, of course. Uh, we are also now on Stitcher Radio Google Play, the TuneIn app, and wherever you get your podcasts. So check us out there. And I know most of you are doing this already, but always have to let you know to tell your friends and family about Cracked Rackets and the podcast, especially those crazy tennis heads that are uh, looking for all things tennis in your family or in your social circles. Uh, but you know the deal. But for one, Alex Gruskin, Daniel Westhoff, I'm Dalton Thieneman, and we will see you next time, crack fans.
1: I just wanted to go away. You decide to stay in the world. I'm about rip, an I want to be forgiven, I don't like this kid for money. Sorry, I was scared. You're not the way it feels. I like had to sleep with him for someone to come in and kill you. Please. The final thing is that now i not a prince of anything. Go take gonna kill, anyone I feel so powerful. The treasure about you, I bring your skin up. No, everything is confusing. You will be good, but you will be more. You will be good, but you will be more. It's a pleasure.